backboard banter on the board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner for the banter's aspirations. Matt McClung in the in the dunk contest, man, dude, this six-two man can jump, eh? <laughs> White boy did it. The guy was crazy. Pulled out some pretty ridiculous dunks, and most importantly, nailed every single one on the first try. I mean, yeah, I guess he was the savior of All Star Weekend, right? Besides. Him and Jose Alvarado going off absolutely mic'd up. That's about as exciting as it got, you know? Absolutely, man. And it's crazy to think that this guy was in the G League, gets called up to the 76ers, gets signed a contract with Puma, and then wins the dunk competition. Like, what a week for that, man. Uh, but just really nice to see that he, that he kind of revitalized the dunk competition. Uh, not that it's going to stick, you know, because, like, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon did the exact same thing to a higher degree. and we're still in the situation so i mean at least we have something close to what we got to see from the two of them right but yeah i mean the the conversation right now is pretty disappointing all-star weekend nobody really cares blah 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 hey you know what dame won a three-point contest so you know he can he's retiring from that now he doesn't need to go back now that he's got a win and you know people really got to meme meme the crap out of LeBron and Giannis getting to draft teams, like, that was the most exciting part outside of that, was not the playing, was the players just kind of joking around on All-Star Weekend. And is it not, like, kind of telling that the guys who are drafting the team made Jokic the second last pick out of all the All-Star guys? Like, that's how much impact on winning that they view that he has, and yet he's going to win his third straight MVP? I mean, Jokic himself admitted that he, he knows he's not really made for the All-Star game. And kind of a funny scenario as well when he thought that he was the last pick and was like, let me just walk on over here to, to being picked. But yeah, it's it's an interesting scenario, right? Like there's got to be some kind of revamp at this point if the NBA wants to keep interest because, you know, kids and their attention spans, they got to look away and look at something else every five seconds. So we'll we'll see how this All-Star contest evolves over the next few years. Yeah, man, and kids' attention spans are only getting shorter, so at this point, like, they've got to do something to re-energize this game because, like, I know that, like, almost 200 points for each team is, like, kind of entertaining, but, like, it's just a glorified layup line, right? Like, nobody (laughs) plays defense. They let you go right to the rim if you want. Um, It's very, very few few defensive plays in that game, and even though LeBron got hurt on one, Man, it's it's kind of wild, and at this point, it's just a fantasy offensive showing. You know, Raptors got to see what if if Shea and Pascal were together. Tears, tears over here, and you know there was some fun moments of you know watching Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, go, go back, back and forth, and forth yeah. right? But at the end of the day, it's it's a fantasy shoot off, and that's what they get to join. Now, returning to takes over here, I am officially the true curse. LeBron, his hold over the All-Star game officially ends. Matt, I don't even know, man. What what do I say to it? Dude, I don't know what you can say. I mean, like, it was about time that he lost. Uh, Giannis did have the first overall pick and drafted very well, you know, taking Jason Tatum, who who set the All-Star game record with, what, I think 55 points? Yeah, 55. Kind of a wild number, but also it's the All-Star game. Like, that's to be expected. Like, Anthony Davis did 52, like, just a couple years ago. I'm sure that, you know, another guy's going to come along and do 60. Uh, when the game is 180 to 178, like, it's – I think There's opportunity, okay? <laughs> and, and I think Donovan had 40 points or close to 40 points 
beside the 55. So, like, this is what we expect out of this game. But you, on the other hand, with your take last week, trying to get those Ws out of those game calls, two out of three, you know, that's the percentage that we're hoping for the Raptors, at least, in the future, so... Yeah, I mean, like, that's how we're going to have to make the playoffs, man. We're going to have to win two of every three games, and it's going to be tight down the stretch, if if I'm going to tell you that, man. I wish we were kind of like Washington almost, because Washington plays the play-in teams way more than we do. I think we have, like, one game left each against all of them. If I don't even think we have a game against the Knicks, to be honest, actually. Um so, like, at least they get to control their own destiny. We're out here just, like, hoping Washington wins games. Like, what kind of hope is that? It's not the place we wanted to be in this season. Raptors fans are sitting here going, you know, we've got this little beacon of light, this little bit of hope right now of we're expecting a positive trajectory coming out of this All-Star break. But at the same time, like, we're in such a hole. We have to claw against so many of these teams. And, you know, if the conversation is true and that we do have this tough record coming up one of the toughest records in the league coming up like they got to put in the work and this chemistry needs to click right away or we're looking at a tough tough offseason and the front office is going to have to make some serious decisions well i think it's like kind of crazy because we theoretically boxed ourselves into this group with the yak deal yeah right with the fact that um, not this year's, but next year's first round pick is is going to the San Antonio Spurs no matter what, I'm, unless we're you know bottom six it was protected. Yeah, I think so. Um, so like it's going to go there, um, and so we need to win games. Like we need to have a good competitive roster. We need to show some progress with Yak at the center position, and you know hopefully make a late season push for something if we could you know maybe win a playoff series. I don't think that we can at this point. Um, you know, it'd be crazy, but uh, I think we're kind of boxed because we have to, we have to pay Yak. You know, we traded a first round pick for him plus those seconds. Yep. Um, we've got to re-sign Freddie. We've got to re-sign Gary because we can't let them go for nothing. And so I don't, I just don't know where our team really goes if we don't have a run man like we can't strip it down like we could have this year so i'm a little nervous the good news about the potential of the run is that all the rumors that i'm hearing is that the boys are healthy right apparently gary and thad are g2g they're good to go they're ready to play and rumors are that og is expected to play tonight in this pelican game so hopefully this means that the boys can come out healthy can swing while staying healthy and we get some positive traction ahead because the fact of the matter is, yes, we do have some teams that we get to face in this play-in hunt that, that we're going against, but when we're not facing them, we're going to go up against the cream of the crop. So the shining light out of that is, as as Matt knows, we as Raptors fans notice that this team likes to play up to its competition. So as long as we can both play up and then win those games, it'll be a positive experience at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I guess, the, the best sign for the Raptors is that, like, we do like to to try and beat the top teams in the NBA. Like, last year, our record against the top teams was, like, one of the best in the NBA, and then against the worst teams, it was the worst in the NBA. So it's it's definitely something that we like to do. And, and like you said, like, you know, coming out of the All-Star break completely healthy, having OG back, having Gary Trent Jr. be ready – and then having the ability to play a team like New Orleans, who 
isn't healthy. You know, they still don't have Zion. Um, they haven't been playing well as of late. You know, they're yeah. four and six in their last 10. And I'm sure if you go back 30 games, it's way worse than that. Um, because they were at the, 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 the one seed for a little bit there. and Now they're in the play and just kind of on the seventh seed or whatever. And like, it's, it's good to get to play a team like that. Who's kind of sputtering. Hopefully that'll give them some confidence because like, we got to win at least three of the four games this week. If we want a shot at the playoffs, like just directly at the playoffs. And even with the play in man, like Chicago's right behind us. I understand that we're 28 and 31 and they're 26 and 33, but Hey man, that was like us just a couple weeks ago. Right. Like we were, seven eight games below 500 and, and hoping that we can make the play in so <laughs> the table the table hurts to look at right now where we stand right you know when you look at the west there's so many teams yeah. in that fight from from the range that they're in but it's it's not exactly the cesspool that is the current play and fight in in the east right now and i can call it the cesspool because we're right in the middle of it we're in that schlop we're fighting around and the boys are going to have to prove themselves. They're really going to have to step up. And, you know, looking at this week, right, Pelicans, Pistons, Cavs, Bulls, there's an opportunity to go 4-0. There's an opportunity to have that 3-1 week we want because, obviously, the Pelicans are struggling. We've proved that maybe the Pistons can be beat. I don't want to really <laughs> talk I don't want to talk too much about it because, again, right, like, that's the situation. The fact that, okay, I will say, on the topic of the Pistons, the fact that I've heard rumors of Dwayne Casey being, quote-unquote, fired – is really disrespectful and like give this man another year to bring these guys up. I know that he is the young development coach and you've got a lot of young guys and it's not exactly working out, but man, it's, it's tough, but yeah, to, to continue on, right. That, that That's a conversation for another day. When it happens, we will be talking about it. Right. But you know, the Cavaliers, a team that we've proven we can match up against and, and fight, even if they are one of the positive teams and, the Bulls are the Bulls. We'll talk about the Bulls a little bit later when we get into Lonzo because they're in free fall mode. I, I I feel bad for the Bulls, man, honestly. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we do have a really good shot at this week, and we'll talk about the Bulls in a little bit. But I just think that we need to start stacking wins. We, we need to start getting some positivity out of the season because, like I said, like we're boxed into this team for at least another two years where we can't really make significant moves um, unless we're going to like completely, you know, sell on Fred low because I don't think Fred's going to get a good return this year. Like, I don't think that a sign and trade deal with Fred making over $30 million a year is going to net us a high end player um, or guard or even pick. So this is the roster. Masai has bet on Siakam and has, put all his faith in him. So let's see if Siakam can reward him and at least get us to the second round, man. Yeah, like, I'm just hoping for the second round. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody values Fred. Like we value Fred because nobody can understand what he can provide to their system. Because like we've seen with the Rudy Gobert, right? Like when you're a certain cog in a system, when, when you've been part of a wheel for so long, it, it is really hard to transition and, and change. And so, yeah, Fred is – we're going to overpay Fred probably because that's what it takes to keep people, and that's that's the face. that That's the face that, that Raptors fans should be feeling because on the one hand, yes, Fred's great. He's an important piece of why we won that 2019 championship. Him and Siakam were built up together, but at the end of the day, there's so many players that we would rather have 
properly running our offense at that point guard position. It's just a fact. Look, man, look, we need to stop talking about the fact that Fred and Pascal were key cogs on that 2019 championship team. Yes, they were key cogs on that team. But still were Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Marc Gasol, and Kawhi Leonard. And guess what? None of them play for us anymore, right? Marc Gasol basically retired. I think he's playing over in Spain. Uh, He's living his his best life in Spain. Okay, that's what he's doing. Ibaka's out of the league basically at this point. You know, can't can't get on the court this year. Um, Kyle Lowry is a shell of himself and probably should be out of the league. Um, And Kawhi Leonard can't play more than 40 games in a season. So, like, this idea that, like, oh, because they were on that championship team, like, we should stick with them, they could bring us back. Like, they were the fifth and sixth most important players on that roster. I think we can, you know, go a different route. I think we can, like, worry about Scotty a little bit more. I think we can worry (laughs) about getting somebody for Scotty to to develop with and play with. Um, Because I like what we have at the wing spot. I don't like what we have at the guard spot. You know, that's just, I like Gary Trent Jr. I like Fred Van Vliet. I'm just not sold on either of them being championship level guards. And and this is, what it, this is what it takes, right? Like, you have to love your positions, right? Like, you think about that 2019 championship team and how we felt about that roster, how we felt about certain players and, and what they meant to those positions. And you're right, we really have moved to that point. It's kind of crazy to have watched this full developmental structure get rebuilt and retooled and put into something new. And Scotty, baby, like it's got to be Scotty. We have to make sure that we don't have a situation like what OG is in, where he's just kind of been there, been on the sideline, hasn't been the focus, hasn't been given the opportunity to, you know, blossom into who he wants to be. And when you have a talent like Scotty with what he has proven, like uh, that, that can't be the story, Matt. That can't be the story that the Raptors are looking to do. An opportunity also is massive for development, right? Like Siakam was, was allowed to be the second scoring option on that championship (laughs) team because a guy like Kyle Lowry knew that Siakam was the better scorer at that time. You're good, man. Um, You know, he he just knew that Siakam could get a bucket easier than he could. So he gave it up to Siakam, even though like if he wanted to, he could have pulled rank. And I think that that's something that our team is having trouble with is that like, especially at the beginning of the year when Fred's shot was off, and we've talked about this before, man, like he was still pulling rank. He was like, I'm still the second best scorer on this team. I'm taking the second most amount of shots when it maybe should have gone to an OG, when it maybe should have gone to a Gary Trent Jr., you know, a different player who wasn't having the trouble that he was. And it's something that I've harped on, I think, all season with this group is that I just don't think the chemistry's right. I don't think that Siakam and Fred Van Vliet are the same type of leaders as DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And I think that those guys were able to take a little bit more of a step back to let those guys blossom because they knew that it was for the betterment of the team. And I think that we have two guys in Fred and Siakam who are a little too me. You know, they're too too much of a me guy and, and want their stats and want their bag and want their recognition. And I get that. Everybody does, right? Like, everybody wants recognition. But like you also have to look out for the team and I just don't think they do unfortunately. <laughs> it's it's going to be a really interesting off season when it comes to Fred because as much as you hate to watch an asset walk like do we overpay him? Like I the fact that I said earlier we're going to overpay him means that the conversation is there but 
if you let him go and you let Scotty thrive, you let all these situations happen. It's like, it's a different story. And to think about the now rather than the future, because we, we could talk about the future forever. It's, it's yak season. It's the hope that Pirtle can come in. It's the hope that this new situation can mesh and we can get fresh chemistry, rock this honeymoon period into some success. And that's all we really want to see. We want to watch some positive basketball and see the boys have like the last game that we saw before the all-star break, because that 30 points for, for Pirtle was hilarious that it just showed up in his hands. And we watched Fred get to be the passing guard that we know he can be. So yeah, yeah we're, we're hoping for some good games this week and some good Raptors basketball that, you know, as fans, we, we deserve at this point, I think. I think we absolutely deserve some good Raptors basketball, yeah. man. But I think we've, we've kind of killed Raptors chat this week. We've, we've gone over and above. Um, you want to talk about the two major injuries that came out of the All-Star game? Like, LeBron's hand, Giannis's wrist, like, dang, man. That's some big news. And Giannis's wrist could be, you know, a couple weeks here. Look, man, the curse showed up in full force at All-Star weekend. The two captains taken down in the unfortunate fashion. It's going to be a big deal, right? Like, l- later on in a little bit, we're going to talk about, you know, our contender situation and who we think actually matters. And... Yes, on the one hand, we have a serious contender in the Bucks and Giannis, and it's like, as we know, that team is nothing without him. But LeBron on the other side, the Lakers don't make a push unless LeBron is healthy. So these are two injuries that are going to affect two teams that have championship aspirations, regardless of where they sit on the table. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, the fact that the Lakers are the 13th seed in in the Western Conference and Wild. people are still still talking about them like they could potentially make a run in the in the Western Conference playoffs is wild man but it it's really not crazy to think um you know after their two and ten start they've been above 500 they've had a, a good winning percentage I think it's like 550 or something since yeah. that start um so that would put them at around the the fifth seed in in the Western Conference um it's not great it's not horrible. It's still an opportunity. I think the craziest part about the Lakers is like Anthony Davis giving you anything over a B level performance is like spectacular. It's like wow. Like look at him. He he's showing up like he used to. He can actually play like you know Anthony Davis once did. This twenty nine year old man in his prime is yeah. looking good. Like this guy is under 30 and has been broken down worse than I've ever seen in the history of the game. Did LeBron like steal his youth? Major fragile. Yeah. LeBron just has him. Hey, this is actually a clone AD. The real AD is just locked downstairs in the, in the Staples center, just having the life force drained out of him, man. And LeBron's yeah. home, man. It goes into the cryogenic, uh, oh, hyperbolic man. chamber that he has, you know, all that youth that. <laughs> so many crazy theories but yeah no it'll it'll be tough man the the lakers have a massive road to climb and we talked about them a bunch last week and as we as all things do in in basketball we'll talk about the lakers more but shall we flip to the suns right with kevin durant coming back apparently he's gonna be back soon we're excited to see it to finally see if if it's actually enough, if this Suns roster is a competitor, because I'm not ready to put them, you know, in a true competitor situation yet, but with Kevin Durant, you you can't not ignore them. Well, like, I'm ready to put them there just because I think the West is so open. Like, Memphis has been in a bit of a free fall. I think they're like 4-9 and nine in their last 13 games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like Denver, I know is the number one seed and has the third best record in the NBA, but do you really trust them? Um, like who else is there? Like I'm, I don't trust Sacramento, the Clippers. Right. Um, I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust New Orleans. Um, Golden State is just hanging on to a playing spot. They're fighting with OKC at this point. Like this is the story of the West. Win the West. Yeah, that's it, right? There's so many teams that I'm not ready to be S-tier contenders, but they're pushing up there, right? Like, I'd say the Suns might have jumped over the Grizzlies, right? Like, I think Denver is the number one, in in my opinion, and the Suns are right there at number two, and when it comes to how will the Clippers change with things are affected, can Golden State and the Lakers bounce up the table in any way, shape, and form, right? Like, that is the true question, but... Seeing Kevin Durant get to play with Devin Booker and CP3 is going to be something. There's going to be a game down this stretch where a poor lottery team is going to get absolutely destroyed by like 92 points from these three guys. Like, it's just inevitable, honestly. Well, I think like CP3 is going to have like 30 assists in a game. Like, because the, the thing about Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker is they're both amazing catch and shoot players. Like, Playing both doors. of them don't need the ball necessarily to score points and so it's going to be ridiculous to watch cp3 just you know hit them with passes and they're just gonna hit you know threes after three after three after three and teams can't you know push out to the perimeter because they still got deandre ayton who can collapse you know the paint and and make you have to play an interior style of defense and then they've also got him on the defensive end to be an anchor like this roster is constructed very well in terms of like the theoretical pieces together. Yep. Whether those theoretical pieces fit, we'll see. And I like I'm assuming that they're going to. It's Kevin Durant, man. Yeah, like he, he he's pretty seamless. You pretty can't seamless. you can't bet against Kevin Durant. You know, if he won his championships in a different form other than Golden State, many people would consider him closer to LeBron. Not on his tier, but closer than he currently stands, right? So He'd be a top 10 player of all time. If he had actually won championships without without Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Because it would also knock Steph Curry out of the top 10, right? Like, he would take Steph's place, theoretically. Alternate history, man. That's that's the world that we love to, to live in, and... To, to flip gears a little bit, right? If we want to talk about alternate history, the Bulls. Can I just say one thing about it? Just yeah, one thing. It's absolutely. kind of wild that uh, Kevin Durant left Golden State, or I mean left Oklahoma City and joined Golden State and augmented Steph Curry's legacy to being a better player than he is. <laughs> right? Because like everybody says that that's true. Steph Curry has four championships. Steph Curry won without Kevin Durant before he got there and won without Kevin Durant after he left. Kevin Durant has only ever won with Steph Curry, and it elevated him there. Do you think Steph Curry beats LeBron James in any of those finals without Kevin Durant? Well, this is this is the fun conversation, I, right? Like, if Kevin Durant bro, doesn't get added, they for sure bro. split at least one more, right? Like, LeBron definitely takes two off of them. For sure, easily. So I can totally see your argument where he takes all three and they don't have well, the back-to-back for sure. Do they even make it to the finals, right? Like, do those Houston Rockets teams get there? Yeah. Um, there's so many other scenarios. And, and does LeBron James have seven championships and is the ultimate GOAT? That's, you know, that's like, the beauty of it, right? Like, And, and that's, that, that's the chaos that we live in, right? How, how simple I don't little like things... 
<laughs> he wrecked the NBA. He wrecked the true legacy of what it should be. LeBron James, the ultimate goat. This is this is the beauty of the NBA, right? Because a, a true Kevin Durant fan would come over here and say, "LeBron going to Miami destroyed the league, and the decision was worse." Like that's the beauty of it, man. It's it's all about yeah, where you stand. Fair. But at the end of the day, greatness is greatness, and that's <laughs> the beauty of basketball. So, I'll transition now because I wasn't having a fun one there. So let's talk about the Bulls. Let's talk about Alonzo because in an alternate universe, he's playing basketball. He doesn't have this injury that seemingly nobody can understand it's so tough and right you think about the pelicans Bro. dealing with what they deal imagine if lonzo doesn't leave and you have lonzo and zion dealing with injuries like this is the chaos of it no man it's it's quite sad to see um the fact that his career could be over you yeah. know like he's what 25 26 years old not even and and his whole nba career could be done before it really even took off and yeah, it's a good thing that he got paid that that four year extension because that might be the last real NBA contract that he earned. Yeah. Um, and I understand this whole idea that you know, like, okay, Lonzo Ball is not worth you know going from a twenty six win team or whatever they are now. Yeah, the twenty six and thirty three to yeah. you know fifty wins. Like, okay, yeah, you're right. He's not worth twenty five wins individually. But does he help your guard rotation? Does he make Everything. your defense better? Does he improve your facilitation, like your playmaking ability? Yes. Does that mean that he can then alleviate some of the the pressure that is on certain guys to do things that maybe they're not great at? You know, maybe Zach Levine doesn't have to defend as hard and DeMar DeRozan doesn't have to defend as much because they've got Lonzo. You know, they don't have to facilitate as much because they've got Lonzo. It's, it's a trickle-down effect. So maybe he personally isn't worth 25 wins. Yeah, but his effect on the team is definitely worth an extra fifteen to twenty wins just for what he does for their lineup. You know, like last year before his injuries, his and Alex Caruso's, they were being talked about as the juggernaut of the league. Yeah, you know, Demar Derozan was Michael Jordan two point reincarnated, and like they fell apart right without him. So I think he does have a massive impact on that team, and it's just it sucks. It sucks that he he's gonna be this this injured and and maybe potentially gone from the league. We can't forget that he plays a floor general position, and their job is to raise the floor of their team, right? And so you can't maybe say that Lonzo is a ceiling raiser of a team, you know, in some things. But we can for sure say that they will be absolutely way better, absolutely way better than they would be now, and. You know, we discussed it a lot last year on this pod because I was a big fan of what the Bulls were doing last year before the injury. Obviously, we are big DeRozan fans over here, and we talked about how it was tough for them to even have an opportunity to go into the playoffs playing Lonzo Ball style because it just doesn't work that way. You have to create chemistry, especially when you're a main ball handler. And as much as it sucks that he's done for the season, like the Bulls might have to move on. They might have to figure out their next test because they have fallen flat without him. So I, I hope that the guy gets to play again, right? I hope this isn't career ending, that, that something is figured out when it comes to it. But they he's been apparently everywhere. He's been all across the States, and like they can't figure out anything. They have no idea what this injury is. Yeah, man, it, it's scary. He was, you know, quite injury-prone already. Um, he's one of those guys that does that had broken down throughout his career already um, at such a young age, and and this is just like the latest in that stint, and it, it could be the one that ends it. If I'm Charlotte, and I have Lamelo 
I am so nervous <laughs> because he is my franchise. He is what I'm building around at this point, right? I'm wearing the Charlotte colors right now. Um, he's, he's their team. And if he goes the way of Lonzo, that could be really devastating for that franchise. And they, to... they, good years are going to get demolished before they even start, man. And I mean, like, you know, Lonzo, you know, the ball family itself is a pretty crazy family. Lonzo's pretty contained. Lamelo, like, I don't know if you've seen the videos, man, but when he leaves the fact, when he leaves in his car, like, this guy's going to get into an accident with the way that he drives sometimes. So if his body's fragile enough, just wait till a big thing of steel goes, because he is not, not safe when it comes to driving. So you just call an accident, car accident for LaBella Ball ending his career. Yo, if it happens, you heard it here first. Okay? Kevin is, is go, almighty. Go watch the videos of this I've man leaving. The guy off. is insane. He yeah. has no he has no regard for safety when it comes to driving. But let's, what happens let's when you're a 15-year-old superstar and you can do no wrong and you get millions of dollars immediately, right? Like, it takes a very special type of person to you know, dedicate themselves and still be humble when you have all that kind of money. That's why I'm super impressed with LeBron James Jr., man. Like, this kid, for somebody who, like, is instantly a billionaire, like, whatever he wants to do, he's going to make money. Like, you know, he put in the effort, he's worked his butt off, and now he's an actual top NBA recruit and, like, an actual maybe potentially lottery pick. So, like... Very rare do you get that case, though. And the way LeVar raised his kids versus the way LeBron raised his kids, you know, I'm not going to say it, but we all know. That, that, that's <laughs> a story, right? Like, and, and it's such – it's always so interesting to see the trajectories of where it can possibly go, right? And if, if I flip now to the situation with the Hawks, right? Like, Trey Young is, is a young player in the peak points of his career where he is climbing in this league and – Nate McMillan and him did not get along, and regardless of what I know about this and what I don't know about this, like Nate could have been toxic to that locker room, and it could be more than just the Trey Young situation. But Trey Young knows that he, this parts of his career matters, and obviously that coaching situation wasn't working out. So if he forced him out, still kind of crazy, but also obviously the man had lost that locker room. Yeah, and I think that it also speaks to like Trey Young as a person and i don't think that he takes criticism that well obviously i don't know him mm-hmm. but just from what i'm seeing um he likes to be the antagonist like he loves going to new york right because he is the antagonist oh yeah and i think that um maybe you know if nate was holding him to the same standard that he'd be holding to the rest of the team maybe you know trey didn't really like that because trey young is the team right so um <laughs> that could have been it but yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Atlanta, and I think, you know, obviously Quinn Schneider is the one that they're looking at for the job as the only legitimate head coaching candidate out there who's had previous experience. Um, I don't know if he's going to turn this roster into a, you know, a powerhouse either. I think this roster confuses me. Um, the the front office confuses me. The way that they handle their, their team confuses me. Um, but, I mean – such is for a team that <laughs> traded away Luka Doncic. Like, look, look, we don't come really on. know what's going on with Atlanta. There's only one consistency when it comes to that organization, and that's you know that John Collins is not getting traded at the trade Even deadline. 
<laughs> every year, every time. Like, yeah, the Hawks. Bro, the Hawks every are, year, every day. Every single opportunity. They, you pick up the phone, you call the Hawks. Guess what they go? Oh, would you like to talk to John Collins? No, exactly. Anyways, the Hawks have to figure out their situation. And it would be really interesting to see Quinn Snyder join this team. Obviously, my dream was for Quinn Snyder to take over for the Spurs. But with the Spurs tankathon and Wembenyana, obviously Popovich is never retiring. Because if you can get Wembenyana, like... I mean, they'll roll Popovich out in a wheelchair and just, you know, let him be there. Because Wemby's going to do well for that team. So, yeah, Hawks team. I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. Yeah, it's whatever, man. It's kind of good that they fired their head coach midway through the season. Um, it's kind of not great for the Raptors because there is that, like, new coach bump, right? Like, there's always a little bit of a bump. Uh, yeah. Guys are uncertain about their jobs. They're playing a little bit harder. Rosters are like potentially up for turnover. So, like, it, it's a bad thing for the the Raps because you know we're chasing the Atlanta Hawks. But yeah. maybe maybe the new coach doesn't know what to do and, and absolutely destroys the roster. Hopefully that's the case. The way I hear it, there's the best time to fire a coach when it's not working out is the off season. The second best time is right now. So that's what that's the decision that they made, and so here we are. And to flip to the other side in a positive coaching situation, the Nets have extended Jacques Vaughn, you know. We've moved past Steve Nash. Steve Nash, who? We're into the next iteration of Brooklyn. Considering the debacle that they had to go through when you think about what they gave up for James Harden, when you think about the big three situation, they've got a coach now on a multi-year contract with some young guys and a decent amount of draft picks. I think the Nets are doing okay right now. Absolutely. Um, I think hiring Jacques Vaughn was such a smart decision. They probably should have done it originally over Steve Nash. Um, Yeah. Now, the Nets, as a franchise, have done horrible, (laughs) horrible things to themselves. Um, You know, from when they traded all those picks for Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce to now you know, destroying that locker room and that culture that they had, you know, built so carefully, so painstakingly over the years with no top draft picks, you know, to get a guy like Jared Allen at 24 yeah. or whatever they got him at, to to get D'Angelo Russell from the Lakers and have him be an all-star. Like, they spent their Dinwiddie, Karis Silver, you know. The fact that they blew up that roster and now kind of have ended up with a very similar type of roster to that, is just like just sad. They had three first ballot Hall of Famers potentially on their roster, and now they have Ben Simmons, who might be like the worst player on that team. Ben Simmons might be the worst contract in the NBA, and that I don't even think is debatable at this point, considering what's left. Yeah, but the Nets, man, if you remove if you remove Ben Simmons from the equation. Everything's going good for Nets fans when you think about how poorly it could have turned out considering their track record. Man, I'm so glad we never traded Siakam for him. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about a player that the the Raptors almost traded for forever ago in Westbrook who has decided to – well, I mean, he hasn't jumped shit, but the the Jazz have bought him out. And, you know, the good news is Westbrook doesn't have to sell his house. His kids don't have to change schools. He just has to, you know, take all this stuff from one side of the arena to the other side of the arena. Because he joined the Clippers, man. I We were talking about it last week. I mentioned it. Whether or not this works out, I still like it for the Clippers. Yeah. 
I mean, it is what it is. I didn't really think the the Clippers were like a major, major threat because, again, unless Kawhi Leonard's going to be healthy and play all postseason, which I don't think he can. Um, the postseason is way more grueling than the regular season. There are way yeah. more, like, there are way fewer off days and, and way fewer, like, days off between games. Um, I just, I don't see them doing that well. I understand it. You know, they need a point guard. He's going to come off the bench, hopefully. Um, if he starts, they're really doing something wrong. Um, but, yeah, like, he fits. He can give them good, you know, he can be a team's offense when they're both sitting, which is nice. I just like, I just feel <laughs> so, so bad for Westbrook, man. Yeah, I, I know. He's it's, my guy. It's like, tough. And for me, the hope is, you know, this team has really evolved. Um, from that team that had a really good bench, had a really solid, you know, collection of players, to now when Kawhi and Paul aren't playing, they they just fall flat, right? And Westbrook is hopefully that player that can come in and and create a little juice, create a little magic, right? And for me, the biggest thing is the storyline, right? Like what it would mean for these three guys to win this championship, the first championship for the Clippers, right? For Kawhi to come back into the conversation to stay healthy, for Paul George to finally win something, especially in LA as an LA guy. And it's the exact same situation for Westbrook, right? So I'm really excited to see how that storyline's going to work out. Oh, Matt is, is slowly coming back here. I'm now Matt. He's now me, but... When it comes to the Clippers, yeah. he is back. Okay, and now, to finish my thought, which is super easy, like I just want to see that storyline work out for the three of them. I don't think it's going to because it is the Clippers curse. It is the situation, and Westbrook is either going to work out extremely well or it's just going to be another disaster, and LeBron is just is sitting over there just watching, waiting to see what happens. Well, I just, I just feel like the Lakers just tried this experiment, and like it didn't work. <laughs> So yeah, true. Personally, if I'm the Clippers, like, why do I think it's going to work with us? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, like, it's it is nice that Kawhi and Paul George are definitely like professional pull up jump shooters. Like, that's why they're in the NBA. That's what their bread and butter is. That's why they're superstars, right? Because yep. they're two of the best, if not the best, in the league at just getting to a spot, pulling up, and hitting that jump shot. So that's going to at least allow Russell Westbrook to be on the floor a little bit more because they can't they cannot guard him and they can still have a decent effective offense right with those two guys on the floor yeah um, whereas like the Lakers Anthony Davis and LeBron James aren't really guys that you want you know pulling up you want them either with a head of steam at the rim or a wide open three yeah. so when you got Westbrook it's, it's easier to guard those plays and so yeah I'm it I think his fit is better with the Clippers. I just, bro, are, are we trying to win championships or are we trying to make Russell Westbrook happy? Because, like, I love Russell Westbrook, and he will forever be, you know, one of my top favorite players to have ever watched. This man in his prime is the best. Oh, yeah. But, like, at the point that he is at now in his career, like, because he's not a good decision maker, because he's not a good spot-up shooter, because he, he – I think there's a stat out there that he's the worst – three-point shooter when it comes to like open looks like he only hits 31 percent of his wide open looks yeah which is just like pathetic for the nba right like these guys should be automatic when the guy's not within six feet from them so yeah man i don't want to kick a, a dead horse but at least he's a, I am. he's an easy free bet right because like if it doesn't work out he doesn't have a contract that they're trying to trade away 
right? Mm-hmm. So they can just bench bench him down, sit him down, make him not play. So we'll watch the story of Westbrook. The sadder story for me is Kevin Love. He's he's going to Miami, going from a potential winning team to a not so winning team. I joked about it last week. The irony of Kevin Love finally getting moves. GG, man. Poor guy. It is what it is, right? Hey, man. At least he's uh, getting out of Cleveland. He's going to Miami. He's going to hang out on the beach. Um, I'm surprised he didn't go to LA to hang out with LeBron and, and the Cali yeah. beaches. But hey, Jimmy See. Butler and those and those uh, you know Miami beaches are just as good. <laughs> oh, hey, man. So what else you got, Matt? You want to talk about some more contenders? I pretty much, I think we went through a lot of the contenders at this point. Besides, yeah. I mean, we talked about the West a lot. We didn't really bring up the East too much this week. Well, yeah, I, I think like the East is pretty pretty standard now that Brooklyn's kind of imploded. Like you've got the three teams that are clearly the class of the conference in Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Um, Cleveland is the next tier, and I think they're kind of in a tier almost on into themselves. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like the rest of the slog, which is like from from the Knicks, Brooklyn down to Chicago Bulls, Indiana Pacers, right? Like, yeah. and we're included in that mix, Atlanta. So it's a weird year, and I think that that's kind of what the plane has done is made more teams uh, more m- more competitive and less willing to throw away assets at the trade deadline yeah. for the fact that they could still make the playoffs, right? And some franchises like a Minnesota, like a Utah, like the small market teams, just making the playoffs is like pretty good and like generates extra revenue that they don't necessarily get all the time. So. It's a weird one. Again, the Lakers are in third team, and people are talking about them potentially going on a run and, you know, up upending the Denver Nuggets in the first round. So I mean, hey, if, if Pat Bev has about? if Pat Bev has his way, play in champion Pat Bev, who you know, maybe the Chicago Bulls have something on here. Maybe they're gonna to try to win the play in over here, right? But <laughs> like it's it's a wild time in the NBA. You know, we, we've been sitting here without games for a week. The All-Star game did not satisfy us. So we're really looking forward tonight. There's a lot of games. I did not realize how many games we've got going on this week. Matt, anything else you got or shall we roll into our takes? No, we can roll into the takes because I'm just going to tell you about all these awesome games tonight, right? Like, so we've got nine games. I'm going to predict all nine. I'm trying to try to get my, my record up here. You know, I was two, two for three. So if I can go like six for nine, I'm still on that that pace. Um, but I'm hoping to go for nine, nine for nine here. Man's trying to ride his uh, football high, keep that good magic going while it's still around. Yeah, yeah keep keep the magic alive as, as any way I can, man. Um, so I'm gonna take Sacramento over Portland um, good, tonight. Good choice. I think, good choice. I think that's an easy one. I think Oklahoma City over Utah is gonna be a tight game, but I think OKC and Utah's kind of in free fall now. OKC's pushing for that playoff. Better so I think they, they got that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dallas over San Antonio is way too easy. Um, even though Luca and Kyrie have not won a game together, San Antonio is bad. This is a this is a gift for the two of them. Like you need to win this game. San Antonio's on a fourteen game losing streak. Like pl- don't do not have this end that please. Can you imagine if they ended oh it? Oh my god. <laughs> um, I'll take Denver over Cleveland. Um. Even though good Cleveland game. might need it a little bit more, that's a really good game. Yeah. Um, but I'll just I'll take Denver. I'll take Detroit over Orlando. Um, I'll take Boston over Indiana because you know that's probably super obvious. I'll take the Lakers over Golden State because I I think the Lakers really need this. I 
think LeBron's sending a message that he really needs to win out the rest of the season. At 20, least. 23 of the most important games of his career from LeBron's Regular mouth. season games of his, of, yeah. his, of his career, you know, yeah. the most important. So we'll see. And then I got our wraps over the Pelicans, man. I'm I'm hoping that this one's the lock of the week, but knowing me, yeah. I probably just cursed us. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I think I used up a lot of curse juice in in the past two weeks. So hopefully he's he's over there taking a little topor break. You know, it snowed like I just smacked this. My apologies. It snowed like twenty feet out here. So you know, hopefully the curse is taking a nap in, in the snow pile. There's so I've shoveled my driveway like six times, bro. In the past two days, it hurts. My arms are tired. But, you know, to, to talk about my takes, to flip it, I'm I'm feeling jazzed up. You know, I was talking about how excited I was for the Kings to be, you know, a top four team at this point in time. And the West is so chaotic that I'm going to talk about this Kings team winning four playoff games, whether that's, you know, a play-in game or two, and then two wins before losing. Or it's a playoff series. I'm really hoping that it's going to be a playoff series. And... I want to I want to see the beam, man. It just would be so good, so good for Sacramento. You know, man, I really I like the take that it's four playoff wins because that gives you the leeway to have them drop into the play-in. I don't see them dropping into the play-in, though. Right. And then, like, sorry, man, you taking the Kings over the Clippers? Probably not. You taking the Kings over the Suns? Probably not. This is the you fear. Taking the Kings over the Mavericks? Probably not. Or you taking the Kings over Memphis and Denver? Yeah, I know, right? This is this is why I've left. This is why I've left myself. <laughs> so I've left myself some room to grow. So hopefully they will fall. They'll get those two wins in the play, and then they can look. It's a tough time in Sacramento. I just want to keep the hope going. You know, we're riding this train high. We only get to see the the beam get lit so many more times the rest of this season because eventually it's gonna stop. You know, this train of a season has been amazing and. I don't want to give up on it just yet, man. I just can't. Bro, I love how 32 and 25, seven games above 500 is amazing. <laughs> like, oh, it's the best season in Kings history. Best season this, in Kings history in the last 20 years. This is what it happens is. when you this is what happens when you have been in the playoffs for 16 years. You know, you'll take you'll take the best scraps mm. that you can get, man. But uh, honestly, I'm just excited. We got some good games coming up this week. We're really gonna get to see how the league is going to turn out. You know, there's only so many games left. We're creeping ever closer to the playoffs, my friend. Absolutely, man. And I'm excited about it. It's going to be a, a great finish to the season and a great playoff run. So, all right, man, I think you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.